0: if it was kershaw tipping pitches cj how does the hitter see that and take advantage well first and foremost chris if it did happen it always happens when the pitcher is in the stretch rarely can you pick up pitches when a guy is thrown from the lineup and that's what we saw in that seventh inning Your hand if you spent your off season trying to get fatter. <laughs> Honestly, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I went into hibernation over the winter. I'm no longer in school and I'm just carving up yeah. me, you, and Joey Votto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently he told reporters at spring training this past week, he said, I tried to get fatter. This is when he arrived for his physical. He said, I succeeded at that apparently. We did all the testing. And I am fatter. (laughs) I just wanted to take as much time away as I could and relax and really unwind. I felt like I needed it. Hopefully it pays off.
0: He plays the game so uptight. He's like so tightly wound that he's like, I just needed to relax, man. I just (laughs) needed to have some comfort food. I eat mac and cheese like every day, basically. And I I feel like he earned it.
1: The The thing is, like, he is arguably the loosest player out on the ball field, you know? Like... He's so – I feel like he's so relaxed out there. When you see him up at bat, he's just, like, chilling there. I don't know. He has a very nice, um, relaxed swing. A lot of guys are, like, really uptight, lots of movements, you know, and he's yeah. just like, no, nah, man, like, just walk me.
0: I Yeah, that's fair. I like how Joey Votto has, like, earned the ability to just say these things at spring training <laughs> and not have people question him. He's been so good for so long, and he's so good at, like, the – He's so good at the baseball <laughs> that the athleticism and the weight—it's like not really that much of a
1: concern. Look at look at the face at the top, the his face at the top of this article. He's like, "Are you gonna question me? Are you gonna question <laughs> I'm me?" Getting fat? <laughs> you know how many meatballs
0: I ate during this offseason. <laughs> uh, by the way, I am Bobby Wagner, and I'm Alex Baisley. and
1: this is Tipping Pitches. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. <laughs> um,
0: a little bit later in the episode, we have another really great interview. We've been so lucky recently with the people who have said yes to come on our Stupid Little Baseball podcast. Later, we're going to be talking to Mina Kimes, who is an awesome person, an awesome writer, and we talked to her about an awesome story that she wrote a couple years ago about um, bat flips in Korea and then just some other fun things, uh, including our favorite dogs and dog breeds. So stay tuned for that. But before, we have a couple transactional things to get to. The the cold stove got a little hot this week, huh?
1: Yeah, it did. Some stuff finally happened. Dominoes fell.
0: It still doesn't really feel that exciting. The dominoes that fell were like Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Who I put number 1 on my most punchable faces list.
1: <laughs> so tell me what happened. Uh yeah, so the Padres kind of I mean, this has been I don't know. I feel like this news has been floating around for months, right? Yeah. We we teased it on the last episode a little bit, but the Padres went out and got Hosmer. There's an old uh,
0: joke that Jalen and Jacoby do on their radio show where they, they say alert and then they say broken news instead of breaking <laughs> news. Like this was broken news, like basically six months ago. Yeah, eight years, 144 million, opt out after the fifth year, front-loaded contract, yeah,
1: super front-loaded contract. How you feel? This doesn't really move the needle
0: at all for me. Yeah, uh, Eric Hosmer was really good last year. Uh, I think we were looking at up before the show, and he was worth four. A little over four wins yeah, um, on fan graphs. And so I think they wanted to sign him for the quote-unquote intangibles. I mean, he played every game last year. He is, All the reporting bears out that he's a leader in the clubhouse, whatever that means. I don't know. It's sort of symbolic to the fans. Like, we mean business, we'll open up the checkbooks, and we want this rebuild to enter its next phase. I don't know if he's, like, baseball-wise, going to really change their projections all that much, but – it's sort of like, remember when the Nats signed Jason Worth, and it was like, we're going to actually sign someone and the the young prospects are going to come up at the same time. And obviously they had some better young prospects like Bryce Harper and uh, Steven Strasburg. But it was like, we're going to sign a veteran who has proven that he can win in other places. And that feels like what this was to me. And so, I mean, I don't hate it. It's better that people are being signed than not being signed, even though I'm not particularly a fan of Eric Hosmer.
1: Yeah. So it's super front loaded, which means that when the Padres are ready for contention in whenever whenever they you won't think have twenty
0: seventeen Jason Worth <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's like so if you think that they're four or five years away or less than that even, they will still have Cosmer, but they're not paying him, you know, thirty million dollars a year at that point. So Unless he decides to opt out, in which case they're paying him nothing. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I agree with you in that it's kind of symbolic to the fans to be like, you know, we're not just going to – they had three Rule 5 draft picks on their roster last year, um, which is kind of wild. The Marlins might break that. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) They were rostering a guy who had, like, never played above single A, which, honestly, I kind of respect that. It's like, why not, man? Just Just, give these (laughs) dudes (laughs) shots. Just give them a chance. So, I, I think it's fine. Like, the Royals, like, offered him five years, $100 million, and he said no to that. So, maybe he just wanted that change of scenery, too. That L.A. weather. That he San Diego like, weather. Yeah. That's even better. That L.A. weather. <laughs> Southern California weather. I feel like Hosmer fits in a lot better there than, like, Kansas City. Where is he from? He's from Miami. Oh, that makes so
0: much sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, shout out to him. I guess. (laughs) Shout out to the Royals, I guess. And um, actually, though, I do want to mention real shout out to him, not even a sarcastic shout out to him. He's going to be wearing number 30 in honor of Yordano Ventura, um, his former teammate who passed away, I believe, last year or before last season or before the season before that. I can't remember. But yeah, that's a that's a cool move on his part. I find it easier to like him now that he's not on the Royals, and I don't have to picture the 2015 World Series every time I look at him. So
1: good for him. Yeah, you can just kind of ignore him as yeah, he's like dwelling just... in the cellar of the NL West. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that brings us to the next move, which was JD Martinez to the Red Sox, or as Zach Cram from The Ringer put it, discount John Carlos Stanton to the Red Sox. We were talking about it on the way over here, but I have I have literally not thought of the Red Sox since they were eliminated from the playoffs last year basically uh other than the couple of rumors that JD Martinez would sign with the Red Sox and negotiations sort of coming to a halt and I guess that didn't really stop them but I feel like all we've talked about this offseason is offseason is the Yankees and Brian Cashman has done a great job of stealing the narrative of the offseason and making it feel like the Yankees are were just the best team in the league last year and they just came up short against the Astros or, or the best team in the AL East at least and I don't know, Dave Dombrowski's kind of like, listen, we have money also, and we've won a lot of times also. Not 27 times, but enough times in the last two or so decades where we can sign J.D. Martinez for a lot of money, even though it's a little bit of a discount.
1: Yeah, five years, $110 million. I mean, from the Red Sox perspective, you can't be upset by that, right? Mm, nope. Like, he is the best hitter on the market. He had an insane year last year. Yeah. Um, and he had he even missed, I think, like 20 games. I like 40-something home runs, right? Yeah, I think if he'd played the whole season, he would have challenged for a 50, which is kind of wild to think about. Juiced ball. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the
0: Red Sox are going to be good. That's our analysis. <laughs> They're a good baseball team. They're going to be good again. They didn't lose Chris Sale, and they didn't lose Mookie Betts, and Rafael Devers maybe we will go through a bit of a sophomore slump, but he's also great.
1: <laughs> um, I did see some takes, on twitter by some people who i follow who were saying these are ostensibly people who i like enjoy following but they were like oh see the free agent signed it was boris's fault that they were just holding out this long there's no problem see this offseason was just normal like any other offseason now we can go back to thinking about the season ahead and it's like "Mm." this is like when winter rolls around and
0: climate deniers are like see what happened to global warming (laughs) it's so true it it's has, like the season has to start i mean it was gonna start either way that's not what we've been saying this whole time we weren't saying that just the baseball was gonna end yeah it's really dumb the mlb just disbands that's what they were expecting <laughs> that's what they think we thought was gonna happen
1: <laughs> yeah bad take if you think that everything is just fine now that free agents are actually signing like they were probably going to sign at some point you can't be like oh well it's june and jd martinez finally signed back to normal everyone <laughs> pen to paper just fixes everything (laughs) i just
0: want to say really quickly jd martinez is now the best looking player on the red sox potentially the best looking player in the al east and i don't know how that makes yankees fans feel but it makes me happy
1: yeah although andrew benintendi is pretty cute
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is just (laughs) this is turning into a like a gossip hour
1: yeah honestly so is mookie betts i love him yeah that's fair. You know who's kind of scary is Chris Sale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I would not mess with him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, like, off the field, but, you know, there was the whole uniforms thing, and then... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, what, he just cut he up the uniform, the he uniforms. took a <laughs> pair of scissors. <laughs> he's like, cut, nope, not wearing this, sorry. Yeah,
0: F you guys. Yeah. I'm the franchise. There's a... Uh, From Zach Ram's Ringer piece, there's a a graph that says it's titled Best Qualified Hitters 2014 through 17. It's just a list of highest WRC. And JD Martinez is tied for fourth with Bryce Harper since 2014. Yeah, that's That's not even like he had a hot year last year. He's just one of the best hitters. Yeah.
1: Another Rule 5 guy, too, who the yeah. Astros let go. I, uh, I don't remember who I was reading, but someone was like, see, even the Astros don't get everything right. It's like, that's kind of good to know. <laughs> <laughs> when, he was on,
0: when he was wasting away on Detroit last year, I was like, he wasn't even on my radar at all. So much so that I had pretty much just forgotten what he looked like and forgotten <laughs> what it looked like for him to play baseball because it had been so long since I watched him play in a meaningful game for the Tigers, and yeah. he was just wasting away there. Yeah. And so when they traded him... I think when they traded him to the Diamondbacks, it sort of set all of this in motion. Yeah. It's like he had a great year for a team that was overperforming and maybe not overperforming, but that did something in the playoffs and he is awesome.
1: Yeah. J.D. Martinez is like OG flyball revolution guy. Yeah. Swing changer so back in like, up, uh, like 2013 yeah, or something like Him and like Josh that. Donaldson. Yeah. And Daniel and Murphy. Daniel Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, this is sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've been talking about good teams in the AL East now. Let's transition to talk about a bad team in the (laughs) the AL East. Tampa Bay Rays, can can I just ask you what they're doing? Yeah. Because I don't know. What are you doing, dude?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they're just getting rid of everyone on their team.
1: They don't want to have a team anymore. That's fine. Uh, Send their team somewhere else. They DFA'd Corey Dickerson. All-star, last year, posted two and a half wins. Has been a solid, if not great, Major League hitter over the last couple seasons could pop in the bat, gets on base at a fine clip. But they were just like, nah, $6 million, that's too much for us. We're going to DFA you. That's breaking the bank. Jesus, man. For a
0: multi-million dollar, potentially billion dollar organization. Okay. They also traded Steven Souza Jr., who was their best player last year, basically, (laughs) and was worth 3.7 more. And you know what they got back? Second baseman prospect Nick Solik and pitcher Anthony
1: Benda and two players to be named later from the diamondbacks. I love the player to be named <laughs> player later. to be named later. It should have been the name of the podcast podcast to be named later. It's a little it's a little wordy though p t b n l It's the same
0: abbreviation of player to be named <laughs> you thought about that for like aggressively long. um we've been talking a lot about the Marlins organization kind of acting in bad faith, and the Rays were like, yo. You thought one Florida organization was acting in bad faith. <laughs> Let's just trade away all of our players because we don't want to pay low salaries for them. Yeah. Who's going to be on their team next year? Brad Miller? <laughs> like um... Chris Archer?
1: <laughs> yeah, Chris Archer. Not for long, probably. He'll yeah. probably be gone by the deadline. I, I think would he would guess. have
0: been traded last year had he had a better year.
1: Kevin Kiermeyer, who's like their best player now. And so, And the other thing they did was they traded Jake Odorizzi to the Twins for like a single-A shortstop okay <laughs> sure jake odorizzi who's like a fine pitcher has been has again has been an average pitcher over the last few years
0: you know what they always say a a major league average starter is worth a single a shortstop who might never see the big leagues that's true that's a one-to-one comparison <laughs> <laughs> tell as old as time it's like yin and yang <laughs> i mean it's like bad, i don't bad times man bad yeah. hang in florida that's rough
1: Like, I don't necessarily disagree with, like, the idea of you have to try and compete every year, you know? Like, it's fine if you think, hey, we're out of contention for the next few years. We're going to retool some things. But it seems like they're just kind of—it's not even a retool. It's just like, we don't want to pay these guys, so we'll take on, you know, your minor league contracts for our major league contracts, no matter what the return is. And it's like, come on, y'all. That's not even tanking. That's just, like, yeah, bad faith. Oh, well. No, speaking of tanking, uh, Rob Manfred says he doesn't like that term.
0: He doesn't like the tanking. <laughs> he doesn't term.
1: like the term tanking.
0: What? What? What should we call it? Should we call it rebuilding? Although Derek Jeter doesn't like that term, he prefers building. <laughs> <laughs> we're not rebuilding. We're just building. There was nothing there in the first place. It's just empty land. We're just <laughs> building on it. <laughs> it feels like um, real estate developers who just build like the biggest gentrification buildings you could possibly imagine. There's like. We didn't knock down what was here before. we're just building on empty land that we just <laughs> found. We just walked onto it and we just sat down in the middle and claimed it was ours. What did Manfred say that he prefers?
1: uh, I don't know. He said he doesn't like he just said he doesn't like to describe that as what's happening and that this is a cyclical sport. It's like, dude, you okayed the the Marlins existence right now
0: cyclical sport. <laughs> Tell that to Padres fans, or to Rays fans, or <laughs> yeah. to Marlins fans. Although I guess they had, they had a little bit of a cycle in 2003. But they've been s- cyclically terrible since then. Yeah. Bad
1: to worse to the worst team to bad. <laughs> I'm looking at this SB Nation article and people are, like throwing out their alternate terms to tanking. Selective non-competitiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Strategically misplacing wins. <laughs> Losing with benefits. <laughs> That's great. Twitter is undefeated.
0: Yeah. Speaking of things Rob Manfred doesn't like, <laughs> mound visits. Oh, God. So there, he th- floated the idea that the, they're going to limit mound visits to six, right? And everything after that, instead of a fine, instead of, I, I don't know, like an ejection of the manager or whatever, they're going to force a pitching change after you've visited the mound like after you've crossed the threshold of how many times you're allowed to, which doesn't make any sense yeah. because if you visit the mound and you have to change pitchers, you're just taking more time. This is all supposed to be in the name of pace of play. And if you have to change pitchers and there's no one in the bullpen warming up, that's going to take a, a much longer time than just a mound visit to clear up signs.
1: Yeah. It's strange because that's not in the rule book that you have to change pitchers. Manfred just like said that to reporters <laughs> yesterday and was like so they were like so what's the penalty and he's like uh automatic pitching change. <laughs> <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> like I think up until then it was just like umpires are going to be like no you can't visit the mound. What which if is, the manager just does? Which is also just straight. <laughs> like you see him like sprinting out of there and the umpires like <laughs> <Just> tackles him. <laughs> <laughs> that would honestly be a lot more entertaining. I don't know what Manfred is thinking. Yeah, forget pace of play. Now we have like a
0: linebacker running over the middle. Now it's just
1: football. <laughs> this yeah. would this would make for some insane
0: manager meltdowns if they just got ejected for trying to like meet with their pitcher. Yeah, seriously. Do you remember that like uh, well, all the Bobby Cox meltdowns? But do you remember that Braves manager like a decade ago that that used the re- the rosin bag as like a grenade <laughs> and like yeah. threw it up in the air? We'd get
1: some of those.
0: Yeah. If yeah, you haven't seen thing- that video, go go
1: YouTube it right now. That's the thing about replay review is that we don't get any of those good like manager confrontations anymore because like they review it and you are just like, okay, I guess I agree with it. Who are you
0: gonna get mad at? You are just gonna yell in the general direction of New York,
1: a <laughs> <laughs> caucus, or wherever they review the place. <laughs> write an angry letter to them. Like <laughs> send an email from
0: your iPad that you are not allowed to have in the dugout anymore. Yeah. So, uh, Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras <laughs> said. I don't even care uh, uh, regarding the mound visits um, and the new rule. He is not happy about it. He said, I don't even care. If I have to go talk to the pitcher again and pay the price for my team, I will. Which is awesome, but I don't think that Wilson Contreras can just afford to pay all of these. Like (laughs) He's not the highest paid player in the MLB. He can't just be like, if he's going to catch every game (laughs) and he just wants to visit the mound all the time, he can't just be paying $50,000 a game (laughs) or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, all this to say this is dumb. I mean, you pointed out that to the casual fan, mound visits might be annoying, and that's fine, but if you're going to do this, I would love to see some progress on the things that literally everyone hates, which is, as we've said before, replay review.
0: Yeah, long replays. Not everyone hates replay review. I will say that, though. We just do, and we say that on the podcast all the time, and we think it's stupid, but everyone hates long replay reviews. So why don't we just start with the things that everyone can agree are stupid, which is 10 minute replay reviews when you should just be able to make a bang bang decision it should just be limited to how long it should just be limited to like 30 seconds or a minute everyone can wait 30 seconds or a minute they can just scroll to the top of their twitter they can see that two people like their tweets they can get a little rush of dopamine and then they can look back up at the screen and be (laughs) like all right we're ready to play baseball again yeah yeah it's dumb rob manfred we have made our feelings clear on (laughs) him as
1: commissioner okay
0: uh is there anything else we need to get to before our interview with mina
1: uh, real quick, before we get to that, Sam Miller, we, we're the, the Sam Miller Beat podcast. We just <laughs> we just talk about everything that he writes about. We should have him on, honestly, yeah. one of these days.
0: We just continually like refresh his author profile page on ESPN.com. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like his biggest viewers- readership at this point. We get uh, alerts for all his tweets. Um, Sam, <laughs> come on the pod. He wrote an article titled, Put Me in Coach, How Much Embarrassment Would You Be Willing to Endure to Play Major League Baseball?
0: Do you think you wrote that headline? I don't think you wrote that headline.
1: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the premise is you get paid whatever salary you're getting right now, and you get the option of just playing Major League Baseball for however long you want.
0: So like, instead of being like an accountant or a lawyer or, or a journalist or whatever you are, you just get to be a baseball player for the salary that you currently make in your current job.
1: Yeah. And you have to you have to actually play, you have to start the game at any position. And his little other quirk is that you can't leave the game under any condition. <laughs> you like
0: break your leg, you have to stay in the game.
1: <laughs> I love the way he puts this, he's like all you have to do is get to the park five hours early hang out awkwardly in a clubhouse where the players all try to avoid acknowledging you your presence is actually quite shameful to them <laughs> Feebly take batting practice in front of those same major leaguers where a uniform looks wrong on you strike out three or four times against a major league pitcher in the game that counts runs left field nine times and stand there while strangers yell weird insults in a melted gummy mess to you yada 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 it goes on uh i
0: think i could only last a year
1: I would to I would do
0: a year. I don't think I could because if you did a full year you could at least write about it. If you did it like part of a year, people would be like, Alright, you couldn't even last a whole year in the MLB being embarrassed. Yeah, it was like But I've doing t-
1: two years? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, there's no way.
0: Um all right, well, that was a fun article. Go read it. We'll link to it in the description. Um and when we come back, me comes. Un-
2: Moments and cloudy days on my snap, mysterious aberration, illuminated trap, my with the against the forever, me coming back.
0: Alright, so another guest, Alex. We have been lucky to have some great ones in the last few weeks or so. Um, today we have Mina Kimes, who is a senior writer uh, over at ESPN.com and for the magazine and also appears on uh, Around the Horn and some other programs, right,
1: Mina?
2: That's right. Yeah. Um, hi.
1: Hi. How are you me? doing? Thanks for coming on.
2: I'm good. I'm excited to uh, talk about backflips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are
0: you uh, Are you excited that the football season is over, or a little bit more sad? Or are you still catching up on sleep?
2: Um, I I am. Well, it's NBA All Star Weekend, so I'm definitely not catching up on sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, but fair.
2: I do always enjoy. You know, NFL is my primary beat, and I'm always happy. A few weeks when it's over, but then I get really... High. I'm a big draft person, and I get hyped for that pretty quickly.
1: Mm. So it, it never ends, does it?
2: It really, really <laughs>
1: never
2: ends. I feel like baseball is the only sport now with a true off-season. Yeah,
1: and yeah. this season was like the deadest of dead. Yeah, you can go into hibernation totally. for a few months and not really miss anything.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I'm a Mariners fan, so sometimes I like hibernating from baseball. <laughs> yeah. am excited, excited it's back. Although I just saw that uh erasmo ramirez i think has a strain lat, which like of course he does at yeah. this point i'm i'm numb to mariners injuries but um <laughs> yeah. not great for my seattle baseball team
0: it starts already that yeah i'm a mets fan so like ah. n- being numb to injuries that that rings a bell for me too <laughs> yes. especially pitchers uh yeah so uh we wanted to talk a little bit about that korean bat flip story um which you mentioned real quick uh Because we both enjoyed it a lot, not only just the incredible reporting and the writing that went into it, but also we loved the the design and just everything about it. It was just gorgeous. It was the entire package of it. Um, So just in kind of a general sense, what was the genesis of that story, Uh, the idea for it, and then the decision to really go all in and go to Korea to report it? Um, How did that start? And and what made you so interested in, in this idea of the dichotomy of bat flips between America and Korea?
2: Yeah, so it was actually born out of a discussion between the artist, um, artist director, journalist, all around wonderful genius person, Mickey Duzic, who I worked with, uh, between him and, and some of our design folks. Actually, they were talking about these great bad flips and how fun they were to watch it from Korea. That were kind of we were getting videos and gifts, and and Mickey was like, "Man, I just want to draw these, right? Because <laughs> they're just awesome and animate them." and and so um, I, I'm Korean, I'm half Korean, and I went to Korea the prior year and did a story on uh, League of Legends player. So being the resident Korean, they, uh, some folks in the magazine asked me, do you think there's a story here, you know? And you know, I was like, well, you know, this is fun, it's cool, it's interesting, let me dig around a little bit. So I started asking some folks uh, in Korea about, you know, oh, well, why, why is this so normalized here? Why is it not stigmatized? just kind of hoping to see if there was something interesting and what I found and what sort of triggered my interest was that, um, people don't really want to talk about it. You know, there was actually a little bit of tension when I brought it up and saying, and, and also, um, nobody seemed to know the answers to my question. So I had two big questions. One, why is common Two, how did it all start? And I decided, you know what, I have to go there and find out. So I'm very lucky to work at a place that agreed and um, Mickey and I decided to embark on a journey together to try to kind of find answers, not only find answers to these questions, but figure out whether there was a story in those answers.
1: You have this really great quote in the Batflip piece from this guy named Kerry Marr, who like leads Cheers at Games, where he says the, the MLB is like opera and KBO is like rock and roll. And I really I really like that framing. Um, in part because it speaks to a level of fan engagement that the KBO has, that the MLB has been trying to reach, but it just has not really gotten. Trying so hard. Trying so hard, yeah. (laughs) Um, And you write that that's something that really developed recently, just in the early 2000s, that the KBO started to create its own identity and start to attract younger fans. And so especially with the MLB kind of trying to, make a similar shift, do you think that there are, uh, I don't know, similar shifts that could take place over here? Traditions that would translate over very well? Um, or is it just too different and rigid of a culture over here?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I, it's funny, right after this piece came out, around the time, MLB put out a compilation of bat flips, right? The Leap. <laughs> And and it, that I thought was very indicative of what you're saying, which is the league. They want to be fun. They want to have joy and stars and internet moments. A lot of the resistance is actually coming internally from right. players who are enforcing the you know the the right way, Coco right way, and all that. It's not like the NFL where it's the league cracking down on it actually, which I think is very interesting about baseball. It has these challenges that are very inherent um, to the game, and and that's not just. Fun. That's the nature of the sport it, it isn't basketball it isn't a constant highlight reel. like you know there are parts of it that aren't really designed for the internet age so I think it's a big challenge I do think it would serve them to embrace a lot of the things that KVO has done and that's not just bad flips that's as you mentioned it's, it's the game experience is so fun and it's so rowdy and raucous and enjoyable and I don't know how that translates to America, but if they were able to capture some of it, I think it would help a lot.
0: It's almost like a college environment, like a student section, rowdy, drunk, and it's almost like the difference between going to an NFL game and just sitting in like the regular stands versus going to like a like a Penn definitely. State college football game and and
1: sitting in the student yeah. section being crazy. And everyone
2: knows the cheers. It's so cool. All the players all have their own song and dance, and like everyone knows it. It's it's the absolute blast.
1: Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list to go <laughs> over there and like yeah, catch I'm a just couple day, games one of games on these Let's days. Try to get like a grant or something to just get a sent <laughs> over
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to shift gears a little bit um, and just talk about more some general sports journalismy stuff. Um, you know, you started out mostly writing and stuff. You were doing some business writing, um, Mm -hmm. started doing some sports writing. And then in the last couple of years or so, or even like the last 18 months or so, you've gone from, you know, primarily doing writing and stuff to doing a lot more TV and a lot of podcast appearances. Great podcasts like this one, Tipping Pitches. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is, yes. This is the, yeah, this is the peak. This is the (laughs) mountaintop. Um, no, but kidding aside, how has it been to try to like go from like this multi-platform come up that you've kind of been on and just to kind of like shift, to- shift gears and be in different modes depending on what medium you're in? And is that something that you always envisioned yourself doing or is it just something that's kind of come and you've just kind of taken it on the fly?
2: Yeah, no, is the first answer. I didn't. I mean, I used to, I was an investigative journalist for a long time before I started writing about sports. I did very serious stories. And most of my TV experience was going on and talking about those stories and being very serious and not making jokes at all, um, which sort of ran counter to my personality, which is um, not serious at all. So, you know, I was able to kind of have fun with that on social media. Um, but then when I joined ESPN, I started getting opportunities to, you know, engage in commentary, um, which allows more room for voice, obviously. And to do. we have a lot of fun, lighthearted stuff on our network, you know, so it's not just Television features and serious stuff—it's a totally different skill set, a totally different part of my job. But I find there are a lot of parallels in that it involves curiosity, the same thing that made me want to go to Korea and find out why they were not wanting to answer my questions about VatLibs. It is the same thing. I think I try to bring to every topic I encounter when I'm on television, and so it's different it's not for everyone but i feel like for me it, it it allows me to kind of tap into the same parts of my personality that made me love being a reporter as well
1: right uh, speaking of around the horn, uh, there was a video in early December that <laughs> surfaced on Twitter of you uh, yeah. on set with a very, <laughs> say, emphatic reaction to the news that oh, Shohei uh-huh. Ohtani a sincere not, reaction <laughs> a sincere reaction uh, that Shohei Ohtani would not, in fact, be a Seattle Mariner. Can you just talk a bit about what was going through your mind? And is this emblematic of what it's like to be a Mariners fan? Did we get just a peek inside yeah. the the world?
2: <laughs> it's not because, as I joked earlier, I I thought I was. You think you're numb, right? So <laughs> I, I was born. I'm a so NFL is my main sport. I'm Seattle sports Seahawks. I have like a Seahawks Super Bowl tattoo. I'm like a nut. The Mariners are my first love. Yeah, I think most kids love at least maybe of my generation, baseball comes first because it's kinda of easier to understand or I don't know. There's yeah, I grew up I also happened to grow up at a time when the Mariners were awesome. Okay. And and some of the stars, I mean Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, like it was insane. And and Edgar Martinez is my favorite player of all time. Got to see him play a bunch whenever we go to Seattle and go to the Kingdom. So that's that's my heart. Okay. So but for the last fifteen now sixteen years, um it's not, it's not been fun most of the time to be a Mariners fan. And so you do, you do stop, you don't stop caring. I never stopped caring, but I, I I don't, I'm not as invested and my expectations aren't as high. I I think that, and then something like this happens and I, you just get drawn in and you allow yourself (laughs) to build up your hopes. And so then, and then you all got to have the fun experience of watching those hopes crush the field. (laughs) So
1: fun. (laughs) Yeah, we. I have... mean,
2: he really seemed like he was gonna. Everyone was saying it was a sure thing that morning, and that, and no, it was not.
0: That's when like the alert starts to go off for me as a Mets fan. Was like when everyone is saying it's a sure thing. Like after the 2015 yes. World Series, everyone was like, "The Mets have the best odds to get back and win next year." I was like. That was when the alarm started to go off for me. I was like, "There's no, there's no way." Now everyone's yeah. saying it. Everyone's like, "We're not. It's not us against the world." And so that's when yeah. the alarm started going off for me.
2: It's, it's very interesting to me how being a fan of a certain team and not only the culture of that team but their record of success sort of conditions you to think about things differently. Like, you know, being a Mariners fan, I think about baseball differently from how I think about football as a Seahawks fan, given their success recently and the way I. React to news, and my expectations are just completely different. Like I, I, I really don't expect much, and I and I don't expect much out of them this season. But I'm still reading the news, and I still saw the Erasmus Ramirez thing, and it just, it's, very, <laughs> it's it's hard to go away
1: i'm an a's fan and so it feels like the three of us we have like a's mariners and mets yeah. and Ooh, and we'd so make a cool. make a good team at like the sympathy yeah, olympics I or something you
2: guys because I, if there was a yankees fan in here we wouldn't be able to relate to him at all
1: yeah no yeah. It, it sounds like the a line of a joke right like an a's fan a mariners <laughs> fan and a mets fan walk into a bar the and like fan don't leave makes till fun the morning
2: completely <laughs> yes, yes and nothing good happens from there <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. Well, the other thing that we wanted to talk about real quick, I know we are running short on time, so we'll do almost like a speed round. But we know that you have um, a deep love for dogs, as do yes. we, as have many of the guests that have been on this podcast before. We've we've yeah. talked about dogs a weird amount for a podcast about yeah, baseball. Strong correlation there. Um,
2: Not enough, I think.
0: I agree. Yes. We should actually okay. just pivot to dogs. Yep. Just podcast about dogs. So in the in the vein of all fantasy everything, their podcast, I don't know if you listen to it or if any of our listeners do, but we just, wanted to, yes. we just wanted to do a quick maybe a one or two round draft of our favorite kinds of dogs and give like a one sentence explanation since we're so short on time. So since Let's you
2: give it the time it deserves.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's give it its, its limelight. So, um, so what a,
1: how many roster spots do we have to fill in this one?
0: I'd say since we're short on time, I'd say we'd just do like two maybe each. Yeah.
2: Let's do three. I'm, I'm going to make time for this.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. So let's do three. So, since you are um, generous enough to be our guest today, we will give you the first pick in the draft. And then Alex and I will quick do a rock, paper, scissors shoot over here while you take your pick and are on the clock.
2: <laughs> okay. And this is like uh, just general good dogness, right? We're not, this isn't like an athletic thing. We're not dra- drafting these dogs for any purpose other than to be good boys. Yes,
0: Excellent. Exactly. Yes. No, not the puppy okay. bowl. You know, we're not racing, nothing like that. It's just, you want your squad rolling with you down the street, and these are the dogs that are coming with you.
1: Well, and it was sparked. Oh. It was sparked actually by our good friend Tim Tebow, who uh, did his own uh, dog rankings over, I guess, on ESPN. Uh, ESPN Yeah. Um, and what so, were, do
2: you remember? What his rankings were? I'm curious.
1: He went with um,
0: the Rhodesian Ridgeback was his top one, I believe.
2: Odd. Okay.
0: <laughs> he's. I mean, he. Yeah. Uh, he's Tim Tebow. It kind of looks like him. So you know, pe- <laughs> people end up looking like their dogs after a while. So I can oh, see it for 100%. him. 100 percent. I look exactly. <laughs> so in my mind. you okay. have the first pick and you're on the Thank clock you. and you can take any amount of time that you need
2: <laughs> okay. um this is a biased pick this is like the not the thing that where the guy in moneyball like drafts the guy because he has a hot girlfriend or whatever this is me <laughs> being that guy and not listening to my analytics or my head but going with my heart and i'm gonna go with a dog that is the closest appearance to my own dog who is a mutt and that's the beagle
0: Ooh, Excellent
1: choice. Mm, yeah, choice. I love the beagle. Oh, I gotta Who take that one beagle? off my board now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, Alex, you want to go next? I will go next. I am um, gonna go with the golden retriever on this one. And classic. It's a classic, After. and I, really, all I can say about this is it's hard to overstate the impact of the movie Air Bud <laughs> on my childhood. Um, mm. That's really. That's really all I can say. I don't actually own a dog, um, but you know, one of these days.
0: One of these days, we'll, you'll have a, a companion. Boy. Yes, a boy, a boy should dream. Yes. And, it, and I feel like growing up and dreaming about having a dog, if you've never had one, like Air Bud mm. and Golden Retriever is definitely the way. All right, mm. um, for me, I'm going to go with Husky right off the bat because growing up, uh, my family is a huge dog family, and we used to go to like the AKC dog show in Philadelphia at the convention center, and I always just thought that they were magnificent and beautiful, so I would read a bunch of books about them, um, mm. and then because of my love for Huskies, it just turned and morphed into a love for wolves. And so I want a Husky because they're like kind of, they're beautiful and super athletic and amazing, but they're also like independent and weird and moody, which is, I, I feel like I'm independent and weird and moody. And if I had a dog, it would just kind of balance me out because I would get mad at it. And then I'd be like, I'm probably acting this way too. So it'd be a check on myself.
2: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm a Washington Huskies fan. That's my college team. So. Always loved huskies. Had a lot of stuffed huskies growing up. Okay, I've got for my second pick, I've got another homer pick. You might not know about this dog. So this is pretty hipster of me. Um, (laughs)
1: Sleeper pick.
2: So I am half Korean, and the national dog of Korea is the Korean Jindo. That's J-I-N-G-O. Kind of looks like a Shiba Inu... Just very smart. It kind of looks like a Spitz, too. Are you guys googling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's almost like a a Shiba Inu-Akita crossover.
2: Yes, completely. Just great smile. Um, Very intelligent. uh, Loyal. Uh, Just uh, all-around good draft pick, I think.
1: Excellent choice. I love it. Alex? Well, actually, speaking of Shiba Inus, my next pick (laughs) was going to be the Shiba Inu. And... There's a little the, story behind this the, one. Yeah, the story behind this is that back in our days at the college paper, um, we were talking about, like, what dogs would you be? Um, and, and Bobby made the guess. He was like, to, to me, he was like, Alex, um, I think you're a Shiba Inu. Um, and then I went online and, you know, obviously.
2: Are you Asian? <laughs> I'm not. Okay, That's- super racist if you were <laughs> all right, No, it's on. more
1: in, it's more in personality He's very
0: independent like keeps his head up all the time he's even keeled
2: okay. <laughs> that's like when there's like a, a you know a white basketball player and everyone's like he reminds me of Larry Bird and you're like that's nothing. <laughs> like nothing
0: yeah the the Ringer NBA show did uh, they compared Luka Doncic to Larry Bird last week and I was like okay. whoa okay <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean the, it, you gotta do the cross-racial comps when you're doing sports because otherwise <laughs> yeah but okay Okay, you're not asian so that's cool shiba inu yeah. legit
1: and and i did go online and take the buzzfeed quiz and in fact the dog that i am is a shiba inu so <laughs> it's pretty much set and sewn at this
2: point Sounds scientific
1: yeah
0: yeah it was very scientific i actually you saw that story a little bit short because i made everyone on the staff take the quiz i was like we're gonna stop production for an hour and everyone just take this quiz real quick <laughs> funny um,
2: All right, we got one round right
0: yeah well i have one more in the second round and then okay. we got one more we'll do a speed one for the third one I am going to also do a hipster pick. Um, I'm glad you started that trend, so I wasn't the first person to do it. Uh, I'm gonna, it. I'm going to go with the Brussels Griffon, which Love those. yes, a lot. I have one at home, and she's like not she's not like a purebred or anything. It was she's a rescue, um, but she is the most she's the most charismatic. She's not as, not as energetic in her older days because she unfortunately has diabetes now, so she's very sleepy all the time. However, back in her younger days, she was very moody, energetic, and she only responds to food, as many dogs do, but she is like, it's literally all she cares about in the world is food and chasing squirrels in the backyard. And I just feel like if I was walking down the street, having an army of Brussels Griffons around me would be just like the most boss move you could possibly think of. So... I think I'm going to go with the Brussels Griffon as a Homer pick and also as a uh, hipster pick.
2: I love it. I love that you were like it was adopted to (laughs) let us know you're a good person, not a bad person. Yes, rescue your dogs. They're so adorable. I love them. They look like Ewoks. (laughs) Little Ewok man. They have like little beards. Yes. So many
0: people. When my dad, my dad has a really nice car, so he goes to car shows a lot. Um, and he brings her along, and so many people are like, "Is that is that an Ewok from Star Wars, or is like what is that thing? Is that a Gremlin?" It's it's funny.
2: I love it. All right, my final pick. I'm gonna go populist here, but also like I think this dog is underappreciated. Um, and it's the dog that's basically every dog in LA is part this dog, and that is the Chihuahua.
1: Because nice. oh,
2: good. I mean, you know, small dogs get so much judgment. Like, oh, like it's not a real dog. And you know what, <laughs> you know, like. They're the Jose Altuve's of dog. Like they, they can do stuff too. Like give them some appreciation, give them some love. And Chihuahuas are are very sweet, loyal, bright dogs. So I love them.
0: I love that. So. I love that comparison. Just like small, a lot of pop, a lot of uh, energy and Fitching. personality. Yeah,
2: Chihuahua for me.
0: Excellent
1: choice. Alex, final pick. All right, last pick. I'm going to go with my backup that I had for the Beagle um, in <laughs> case the Beagle didn't get chosen. Um, He's got like a draft
0: board over here. He's got like I'm, grades. I'm, I'm not kidding, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go with the English Springer Spaniel. Um, I I love the floppy ears and the and the beautiful, like sleek brown and white coat. Beautiful dog. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with.
2: Elegance. He that's a, exactly.
0: That's a good pick. I'm frustrated that you chose that cuz you I feel like you had a, an inclination that I was going to go with the English Cocker Spaniel cuz that's my other dog. I have two <laughs> dogs back at home. But Life in order
2: to my dog, sorry.
0: in order to uh to not be redundant, I'll go with a Bernese Mountain Dog because Ooh big fluffy thick I feel like we haven't done too many big thick dogs so far and the Bernese Mountain Dog is just it starts out as like a teddy bear when they're puppies and then it just grows into this massive companion and I think they're gorgeous and strong and powerful and loving and they have the most beautiful coat in the world and so I'm going to go with the bernese mountain dog i'm like judging it like i'm at the dog show because i just this is what <laughs> oh, i've been ingrained with
2: <laughs> He's very scientific and i, I feel like we got a really good diversity of dogs
0: oh definitely yeah um so to wrap up why don't you just tell us a little bit about lenny and then we'll just uh finish up real quick
2: <laughs> well lenny's sitting on my lap right now and Excellent. so I, I had to go beagle first because i didn't want him to you know look at me askance the rest of the day <laughs> to revolt <laughs> he is a mutt and a very mixed mutt so um he has a lot of interesting traits. Um, adopt Don't Shop, if you're listening. Adopted Dogs are the best. They're also psychotic. My dog is crazy. Um, <laughs> but I love him so much. And, yeah, I mean, I think dog, dogs are the best sports, is how I'd like to conclude.
0: I love it. Uh, all right, Mina, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. We know we ran a little bit over, but it was for the love of dogs. So
2: <laughs> You had me when you started the dog draft. Um, <laughs> Thank you for having you guys, I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks so much, Mina. But
2: you just can't give up
1: now, cause you gotta save yourself. Yeah, I gotta hang on with The sun'll come out. Nothing could ever comes season. I know times are rough, but when it's not quit, so don't you give up. The sun will come out.
0: All right, well that was Amazing, as have our last few guests been. Thanks so much to Mina for taking the time to talk to us and to like put effort into the dog draft, which I was worried was going to be a dumb idea, but ended up being really fun.
1: Yeah, it was really, I really enjoyed that. And she played along great, which is awesome because most of the stuff we talk about is just weird ideas.
0: (laughs) Also, she's way funnier than us, as have all of our guests been. So, like, we just should, (laughs) as I said last time, let's just end the podcast now so people don't realize that we're not
1: as cool as we see when we're interviewing cool people. We need her to teach us, like, how to be so eloquence on air
0: (laughs) yeah she just speaks in like minute and a half uh like paragraphs and they're just beautiful and she doesn't say um or uh or like (laughs) that yeah Yeah, so thanks y'all for listening please subscribe uh rate us on itunes if you feel strongly enough to do that share it with a friend um you can reach out to us at tippingpitchespod at gmail.com or you can slide into our dms on twitter really anything we're open to all comments critiques concerns questions
1: yeah give us listener questions yeah we love this thanks if you listened
0: thanks to mina and uh we'll see you next week yeah thanks (laughs)
1: so